Mountain State Mysteries contains adult content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Courtney. And this is Mountain State Mysteries, a look back on Season 1. Welcome to a new bonus episode where we are going to take a look back on all of the cases we covered in Season 1 of Mountain State Mysteries. We really can't start this episode without thanking all of our listeners. Because of you, we reached places that we never thought we would. Without you, we really wouldn't be getting ready for Season 2. So Courtney, are you ready to talk about the cases from Season 1? You bet. Our first episode, Murders at the Country Club, the double murder of Nellie Mae Rand and Elmer Ray Bailey. I think it's safe to say this case holds a very special place in our hearts. I'd be lying if I say we didn't talk about it almost every single day now. I would honestly agree that this right here is the case that holds a special place in our heart. This is one that we have been most invested in. I can honestly say this is the one that we have spent the most time on. To this day, we still go out and we still make the drive. Um, we still research more and more and more upon this case. Um, anything that is involved with this case, you can almost say that we're there. Right, Mark? And now with the Kindred Spirits episode that's out, and a new book by the amazing author Agnes Keatley, there's new pieces to the puzzle of this case being put together. We actually got to meet Agnes at the showing of Kindred Spirits at the Black Knight, and she is one of the sweetest women we've ever met. She told us about her book and told us that we needed to come to her book signing. We kept our word, and we went, and the very first thing she said to us was, when are we going to record? Um, so in one of our future episodes, um, Agnes will be, um, appearing on here with us and we're actually going to go more in depth about Nellie and Ray's case. Court, we also have to mention how we got to meet Nellie's great nephew. He was a super nice guy and talked a little bit about the case with us and how we were actually in the same room as Ray's great niece but we just didn't know it at the time. Episode 2, Missing the Soldier on Bolt Mountain, James Lee Haynes. I think it's safe to say we've both known this story our entire lives, growing up hearing about it, knowing people who confessions happen to. You know, it's crazy to think, like, there comes a point where we have just simply passed where he was murdered and at times you don't even really think about oh this is someone's murder spot or anything of that nature 
but it's definitely changing now especially when you drive over the mountain you go past where things supposedly happened and in the end you still don't even begin to have an ounce of a clue whatever happened to him right i think you know it's also safe to say this is one case the ball was dropped on having three men going around and bragging about what they did but sadly not having enough evidence to tie them to the case it's just something i absolutely hate our third case was the tragic murder of Elizabeth May Williams AG. This case actually happened in um, our family's hometown of Oceana. And um, after our case was actually aired, um, I received a message from a woman who is a very close family friend and how she went to school with the killer's brother. Um, so it kind of hit home a little bit on that one because it was a little bit more personal at that given moment. Crazy enough, my cousin's grandfather was a constable at the time, which for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's basically just a cop. He always said that it was a bloody scene and that the way they knew he put the hatchet in the box is because he had to open the box with the hatchet and the box was absolutely covered up in blood. And another thing too, that this is another case that was definitely the ball was dropped on because I don't feel that the murderer got enough time for what he did. Our fourth case, which is most difficult case that we have covered is the case of baby Christian. Um, both of us trying to get through this case was extremely hard. I feel so much injustice was done on this for the baby how so many years later they still do not know who baby Christian belongs to. I mean, I feel now with the way that we are able to use 23andMe and how that right there single-handedly has brought so many killers in and have given the family so much more peace now. I mean, you look at it, 23andMe is what helped solve the murders out in California that were going on that. Golden State Killer. Yeah, the Golden State Killer. I mean, that was what was used to be able to track down the murderer. And I just feel now that maybe if there was a way to be able to um, get DNA from baby Christian, maybe they could run that and use that site or something of that nature to try to tie in. I would also like to say, too, that this right here is a case that I will always bring up. If you have postpartum depression, do not hesitate to reach out to your doctor and get the help that you need. I'm a very firm believer that your mental health is very important and always seek treatment for your mental health because that is so important and, you know, 
We just want you to receive help. I really think we need to take a trip to Harper's Ferry and visit his grave. For weeks after this case was released, I was still looking into info on it. And I mean, it was hard to come by because I mean, there really isn't much, which I don't know if they're keeping it close to the vest or if they're just not really looking into it. But it's just never set right with me how someone could just do that to a baby. Like, like you said, there's so many more options than just tossing him over the bridge. And like you, I really wish they would do 23andMe and just lock the people up that did this to him. Missing Gretchen Fleming, which was our first bonus episode, which was also my first solo episode, I can still remember the day like it was yesterday. It was a Tuesday, and I was on my way home from work. I texted Courtney, I'm like, hey, we really need to cover this case. I want to say you were out of town at the time. I'm not too sure. I think you might have been at your mom's or you were working. Um, I was out of town working. Yeah, so I ended up plugging everything up and recording in my closet, editing it and posting it like right before I had to lay down and basically sleep a little bit before I went back to work. Um, one thing about this case is a lady that I work with actually lives in Parkersburg and her daughter actually went to school with Gretchen. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that part. They have their own theory on what they think happened to her. And it's a theory that I've had for a long time. But she had told me that there was people coming out of the woodworks on this girl's case right here. Um, personally, um, my personal, personal belief is I honestly feel that she was sex trafficked. I really do. Um, I pray to God that this girl is safe and that there's nothing happened to her. I honestly really do. I say anything different. I know that sounds awful. Like, I, I wish she would be fine and stuff, but... I don't know, I just feel like it's another Judy Petty case and that is just going to go under the cuff. Case number five, the murder of David Fan. I can honestly say that both of us can agree with this right here, that this was the hardest case for us to cover. Not so much because of what happened, is because there is no information on a case that took place in 2016. Right. I mean, we dug and dug. No newspaper articles. Really, no articles online. But we actually went to go visit the crime scene. And we took my dad because he knows Lake Stevens, like the back of his hand. And when I tell you he got invested in this case right then and there... I'll just say, the crime scene makes no sense. He would have had to been right in plain sight, right in the open. Someone would have had to seen something going on. And just to think that he was murdered and no one saw it makes absolutely no sense to me. And a few months later, Courtney and I was actually going out. I'm not sure if we were doing research or if we was just going to get food or something. I honestly can't remember. But 
I actually ended up getting a message over Facebook and that message made it so clear as to what happened and other things about him that I believe this case will never be solved. And I would just like to really honestly throw this out here. When we say we research, we research. I mean, with this case in particular, we have actually made how many drives with this case going from uh, Harbor Freight to Lake Stevens, and we have traveled multiple ways that we remotely thought that he could have went. I want to say maybe five. It's not as much as Nellie and Ray, but it has to be at least five. And also another thing is too, when we do research, we go to the library, we we do newspaper subscriptions. Anything that we can find about a case, we, we bring it out. We will do anything that we can to make sure that these cases are the best possible when we present them. This one, oh, it was hard. It was really hard. It was really hard. Really, really, really hard. Episode 6, Serial Killer, Harry Powers Part 1. I wish I could say we didn't get wrapped up in this case. But just like every other case, we basically look at it religiously. We talk about it nonstop. Like, you would think our text would be like, hey, what are you doing later? No, it's murder, murder, case, case, case. And then every now and then there's a bit of stupidity thrown in there. (laughs) That is true. But, I mean, it was just crazy, like, how much stuff was on this case. And we would literally send pictures of him to each other. And... It's safe to say we still need to take a trip to Clarksburg to go to the museum. We haven't been able to do it yet because of our work schedules. You know, we've been sick on and off. We've had other things go on in life. And we just, we honestly just need to go because I want to see what they have in his little archive and in his little exhibit. Yes, and I mean... One of my absolute favorite things that this man was ever called that to this day it still cracks me up is flabby face well-dressed man. It's legit one of the best things ever. It is. It's honestly one of the best. And the first time we heard him called that way, unreal. Um, I think this is another case that I actually researched and brought up to you. You're the one that brought it up. It was so crazy, like, when I was going through all this. She, like, we have enough cases that she has sent me that we would be good for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly season four. Which, like, goes back to it. We do a lot of research and we find different things. But what stuck out to me the most about this is when he was framed and noted as the first serial killer in the United States. And one crazy thing is he's actually not the first Lonely Hearts killer. There was actually a man and woman yeah, who was also um, killers. I want to say I heard it on Crime Junkie, like back in the day, and then it just clicked one day. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, episode 7 was Serial Killer Harry Powers Part 2. It was also my second solo episode because Courtney was out with the flu, then COVID. Yes. <laughs> um, when that episode was recorded, um, we actually pushed it back for a few days because I had the flu. And then, right about the time that I started getting over the flu, three days later, I got diagnosed with COVID, and I was sick for 10 days. I think I was at bingo. When you sent me your text, you sent me a picture of your results, and I'm like, well, this is going to be a solo one again. (laughs) He was like, do you want me to wait? And I was like, no, just go ahead, do it just do it. I don't want to keep the people waiting any longer. And recording this was a struggle. I kept having technical difficulty issues to the point where I just had to buy a new microphone because mine, like you could plug it up into my phone and it just, it wasn't recording. You could plug it into my laptop. It wasn't recording. So I just bought a new microphone. But then I realized I made this episode longer than part one. So by the end of it, I was just happy to have his story told. It was it was very difficult, very in-depth um, case because upon research upon this, um, we actually discovered that Radford University actually uses him in part of their psychology studies. And we were actually able to gain a lot of information from the studies that Radford University done. Episode 8 was the murder of Walter Eugene Crumb. This right here, in all honesty, this was the case that never in a million years did we think a backstory would come out the way a backstory came out on this episode. And I actually never knew about this case, but you're the one that sent me it. And I'm like, wait, when did this happen? Yeah, this was a case that brought out sexual allegations, rape allegations, corruption. I mean, you name it, it was in this case. And we, granted, as much information as we had on this case, it was also a very difficult one for us to cover. Because most articles were just the same thing. So we were just kind of like, putting the pieces of the puzzle together and yeah oh it was it was a very very difficult case to get through on that one right there um I can honestly say that case actually brought me rage um with it because of all the allegations that had came out when Courtney brought it to the table when we were brainstorming ideas for season one I didn't believe any of this would be, like, a thing. I figured it would be just, like, he got shot. It would be the end. I was wrong. I didn't think there would be this amount of corruption with it. And, you know, I do believe there's always a motive to murder no matter what. But I do believe Tennis is getting away with it. I do believe that he knew what he was doing. And I just believe he did have a motive for it at the end of the day. 
Episode 9, Murdered, Elva Zona Heaster Shoe, The Greenbrier Ghost. Our first real dip into the crime and paranormal. I know we talked about it in James Lee Haynes, but this one took the cake. We've known this story our entire lives growing up. We've passed the marker that's on the side of the highway. But in all honesty, I think I can say for the both of us, we really didn't know this case as as well as we thought. And I mean, there's still stuff that I didn't even add into our episode that happened in the story. And I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, everything from the man being abusive to all the previous marriages he had had wanting a certain amount of wives before he died yeah all that right there and this is still the only case that is known from where a ghost actually helped convict a man of murder i mean it's still it's it's one of the most mind-blowing cases that we've had Our latest episode, episode 10, The Mysterious Death of Judy Petty. I honestly don't think we really need to touch on it because it's so fresh. But I can definitely say for a season finale, this was another tough one. It was hard to find information on it. Like this, I think a lot of balls were dropped in different courts. So I just hope one day that her case can really be solved and that her and her family get to the justice that is deserved. I'm just going to put this out there one last time. Somebody knows exactly who done it. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's safe to say that season one was a wild ride. I'm looking forward to season two. We've been doing so much research on the case and visiting a few places on it. This is a case we've been passionate about for years and seeing things pop up here and there, we knew it was the right time to cover it. We don't want to give the case away just yet, so we will leave you with a hint. It happened in the 1990s. Stay tuned for our State Haunt series coming soon. yourself enjoying mountain state mysteries take a second to rate it on your favorite podcasting service it helps others find good true crime podcasts don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook tiktok and wherever you listen to podcasts